Welcome to On Repeat, the weekly podcast giving you an insight into the minds of musicians with me, Ellie Rashid. And me, Hattie Winter. This week, we'll be catching up with Jodie M. Byrne, who is a UK-based musician, educator, event organiser and drummer, which means that their counting is definitely on point. As a musician, they have played drums and bass with some bands such as Colour Me Wednesday, Personal Best and Binary. We wear pink on Wednesday. <laughs> We're on repeat on Wednesday. Um, they've also done studio recordings, international tours, including Japan, Indonesia and Europe, festivals, including Kendall Corning and Madrid Popfest, plus support slots for Propagandi, Lemuria and Juliana Hatfield. <sighs> that is a lot. And uh, just when you think they couldn't do any more, Jodie teaches music privately, as well as running group music workshops. They've also delivered training on LGBT+, to youth organisations, and have volunteered as an LGBTQ youth worker with Gendered Intelligence and the Proud Trust. As an organiser, Jodie has co-run First Timers Fest, organised by DIY shows in London and Brighton, and co-ran Synth Punk Fest at DIY Space London for three years. Jodie started with Girls Rock London as a volunteer drum tutor and band coach, and has since joined the organising team to focus on the programme delivery, international collaboration and trans inclusivity. One of Jodie's latest musical release is the self-titled debut EP by hardcore trans duo Binary and their single Nanas on Rampage by glam drag band Thigh High, which is actually what you're listening to in the background right now. So thank you so much, Jodie, for letting us play this. So I'm really looking forward to um, hearing what you think of this interview. We'll be talking about, yeah, how different people can really benefit from learning about music and being exposed to music i think it's really clear that jody is yeah really keen for representation in music and teaching lgbtq plus youth and well also just marginalized um, groups which is really really important and definitely to get accessible workshops to yeah. all it's really really wonderful work that needs to happen absolutely i think um sometimes people can take for granted how easy it is to just access mm. lessons like whoever mm -hmm. they are and um Jodie talks about providing that safe space where people mm. can just feel comfortable learning instruments, which is how everyone should feel, really. Definitely. It should not be for the privileged few. Music really should be for everyone. I think we also talk a little bit about um, like making music in like quarantine and lockdown over Zoom, right? So get prepared for that, which is yes, really cool. Yes, a little bit of pots and pans. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we also talk about the DIY pop punk scene. It's really a huge conversation and it's super wonderful. Yeah, hope you enjoy it. So keep it locked and keep it on repeat with Julie.
<laughs> um, yeah, well, I've, I've been involved with Girls Like London since 2018. Um, so I joined as a drum tutor in my first year at the summer camp that they had. And yeah, it's, it's just incredible. I mean, as, as you know, Ellie, from, from doing a camp, um, it's, yeah, it's a great experience, that, you know, getting to share your passion and your interest with yeah. young people um, mm. is, is just amazing. And the fact that it's also, you know, it's not just focused on music, although that does take up most of the camp. There is also this element of, you know, trying to help young people just feel more confident in general. And there's like, um, you know, zine making and, you know, they make their own band t-shirts and things like that. And also because of this uh, sort of social justice um, focus of, of the whole girls rock movement, um, you know, we have workshops on race and on mental health and well-being and on gender. And so, you know, just to kind of, yeah, make, yeah, kind of make them be able to sort of position themselves a little bit better in the world and prepare them a little mm -hmm. bit for some of the struggles um or joys that they may yeah um yeah. that they may you know experience later on so yeah, yeah it's it's a it's a really really good week i definitely recommend to to anyone um to to yeah get involved in some way yeah, yeah. absolutely I, I i totally agree i've been I've been trying to convince Hattie. Actually, I haven't been trying to convince Hattie. Hattie Hattie's kind of. <laughs> I'm kind of convinced, basically. I, like, <laughs> take me there. It's amazing because it. You know, after that week, it was really. It was almost emotional because you're in such a great space, and um, it's almost sad that the the world isn't like that. Um, mm. But there's nothing better really than doing a bit of mental health work, a bit of education on, like you said, whether it's gender or or race. And and then just music, of course, music like it, it's it's brilliant. It's a really really great um, week. And something that was really interesting is that a lot of our young people seem to take a lot of what they learn from the workshops into their songs. So some of them actually were quite political, um, which was wonderful to see because the age range is Jodie, correct me if I'm wrong, eleven to sixteen. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Eleven to sixteen. Yes. So, um, so yeah, it was uh, it was fantastic, really. Um, and it's really nice because the volunteers get to do workshops as well. I'm hoping to do my first one um, on boundaries, uh, both personal and within the music industry. Very important. And, very um, important. Uh, Jody, you did a, a wonderful workshop as well. Um, tell us a bit about the one that you did over the summer. Last summer now. <gasps> um, I ended up doing, and it was a little bit uh, last minute um, because we were going to get some of the people from Gendered Intelligence who are a great um, trans youth work organization based in London. Um, someone from from them was going to come in and do a workshop for the young people on gender so not just on trans issues but you know gender in general and lgbt stuff and just you know to yeah just uh, you know explain some things that they might have heard but not understood fully or you know and also to you know to help anyone who might be um you know thinking about that stuff already in terms of themselves mm -hmm. or family members or friends um in terms of how to how to support people but the, the person that was going to do it was ill on, on the day. And I think maybe told us the night before. Mm. So, um, 
yeah, so I was asked at last minute to uh, to deliver this workshop, um, which for fortunately I had been planning a similar workshop for the camp that I was going to do um, the following week uh, in Iceland. So there was an international girls rock camp that was happening the following week. Um, oh wow! And I and I I had been asked to do or I'd I'd offered to do this um, workshop on gender uh, for for that. So I already had most of it you know kind of sketched out but then i had to finish it <laughs> um, <laughs> in, in an evening to um yeah to present the next day um i think we had to yeah we had to swap a couple of workshops around so that i had this evening to to prep it um but yeah it was it was really really good so it was basically you know kind of getting the young people to think about you know why why are we doing a, a rock camp for girls you know why why do we not just do a rock camp for everybody and and really kind of try to see what they you know what they think about that and and why mm -hmm. um they would feel like they could go to a girls rock camp and maybe not a you know a generic rock camp for everybody and it's it's always surprising i know people say this about young people a lot but it's always so great when you hear how like on it they are and how sort of self-aware they are and how much they understand about these things already especially when I think, you know, when a lot of us were younger, we weren't introduced to things like, you know, feminism or, mm. you know, sort of thinking about gender in a different way or the, you know, the level of uh, race politics that we have now or, you know, any any of those things. Um, and yeah, young people now are much, much better in that than we were. So that it's always really, really nice to see. But yeah, I guess just kind of gauging that and, you know, getting them to come up with like, oh, you know, I said that i you know played guitar to some boys in my school and they didn't believe me or you know these kind of experiences you know some of them have already had these sort of negative experiences of being judged because they're girls um mm. and yeah and then sort of going from there into well you know that's that's an experience that that trans people have as well you know that they're being judged on what they look like and what other people think they are so actually it's a very similar um you know experience it it is it is different the experience of being trans to to being a, a cis girl growing up but there are lots and lots of similarities and that's why um yeah why girls rock london includes trans people and, and non-binary people in that and yeah you know we talked a bit about sexuality as well and you know they most of them know all the terms already and you know so that was it was really really great um yeah and we had actually it was a really really great moment after the after straight after the workshop um there was one of the uh one of the young people who was asking someone else some questions and then they were like hey jody come over you know this person has a really you know good question so it was like cool hey you know so what did you think what's what's your question <laughs> um and this this young person was like so if if gender is like what society tells you you are rather than you know what you know rather than like what your body is if you say that you want to be something else like how how would you you know how would you know that you're a girl if you're if you know gender is made as like a, a construct you know how would how would you mm. know in yourself and i was like 
great question. <laughs> <laughs> there is there is no answer, but that is the question to be asking. You know, like how you know, and they were obviously kind of having these you know light bulbs going off. Like if you know the way that girls are supposed to look and how they're supposed to talk and how they're supposed to behave that if that's not coming from uh you know girls themselves that's not how they necessarily want to be that's coming from how society is teaching them to be if you if you get rid of society and you get rid of all those external influences how would you know that you were a girl or a boy or not and yeah i was like wow that is you know that is very profound and mm. I don't know if I don't have the answer. I don't know if anybody else really has the answer to that. But that's that's definitely the kind of questions that we should be asking. Um, and it's definitely the kind of questions to ask if you don't want um, the limitations that you might feel because of your gender, whether it's in music or, you know, in your relationships or in your job or at school or anything like those are the kind of questions to be asking yourself and the world if you don't want those limitations to to keep you back so Definitely. yeah so that was that was a really um that was a great moment um to to kind of experience to know that the things i've been saying in the workshop had kind of gone in and, <laughs> and she was really like yeah thinking very deeply very quickly about those things um so yeah that was that was yeah that was a really And you don't have to say like it's in a particular genre if you don't want it to be. But <laughs> what, what kind of what kind of thing? Because I actually don't don't fully know this. I mean, I've seen you play. Um, I've seen you play once um, on the girls rock stage. That was amazing. I was <laughs> I was blown away. That was brilliant. But is that the kind of thing you usually play? Um, I think, yeah, what I. I don't know, I've had a very like complicated relationship with with liking music, I think, since I studied music, um, mm. which definitely made it hard for me to know what music I like and what music I should listen to because it's good for me to learn it as a professional musician. And I okay. found that really, really hard to separate and to get back to listening, being able to listen to music just because I like it and not because I'm thinking in the back of my mind, oh, I I should be paying attention to this because this is you know what i need to know Tell as a professional musician yeah. <laughs> right yeah um so i think that you know and it's i'm still not there yet and i spend long long periods of time not listening to music actually now mm -hmm. um but yeah what i'm listening to um a lot at the moment i listen to a lot of of just straight up pop music um yeah charlie xcx's new album came out a few weeks ago which is great yeah um and yeah and I, I think for me a lot of uh 
I think because of, I guess, this sort of um, lack of representation of women and queer people and particularly trans people in music, that now that's that's something that I'm specifically looking for. Um, yeah. So that's something that I'm, yeah, just, you know, trying to, to learn more about and see see more people who are like me as a trans person who are making music. So I, I put together a playlist uh, recently um, which is public on Spotify if you want to look for it it's oh, called it's yeah. called Trans Britain yeah. we'll include it don't worry yeah so basically I did a call out for uh, musicians either from the UK or based in the UK who are trans or have trans members um, yeah just because I, I I didn't know that many you know I have some friends who play in bands um, yeah some great bands like um, Binary is one of the bands that I play with and both of us are trans. Um, I did a tour with a band from Leicester actually um, <laughs> called called Kermes. Um, so yeah, if you haven't heard of them, Ellie. Ellie's from Leicester, by the way, for people who don't know that. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Um, <laughs> we knew it was such a musical hub. I thought it was only Oh yeah, I've, I've been to Leicester quite a lot. There's a, you know, there's, there's quite a bit of stuff going on there. Um, but yeah, there's a great band called Kermes who are from there. Um, so, you know, there are some people that I know already, um, but I, yeah, you know, so many of the, of the trans artists that I was hearing about, you know, were mostly from the US. So I was like, I want to know about ones that are, are from here, you know? Um, so yeah, so I, I started putting together this playlist. I put some call outs in some Facebook groups and on Instagram and got like a fairly good response from that. And I think there's, there's a, over 50 tracks from nice. you know 50 different over 50 different artists um of of trans musicians and it's the 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 breadth of styles in that playlist is amazing i think and i i love every single one but there's there's like hardly any songs that are similar to each other you know there's it's there's such a you know uh variation of of styles but um yeah, but like all, all of the artists are, are trans, which is great. I get the sense that with you, like music is power which, um, you know, I, I also believe in, because there seems to be a thread with everything that you do that music can help sort of social change and, you know, transform and educate and progress. Um, and I just love to know like your thoughts and maybe where that stems from with you, why, why you're so passionate yeah, about it. Well, I think, I mean, in, in the most kind of obvious sense, I guess the, the power of being on stage um, is, you know, is a really big deal. Having a microphone, you know, if you, you know, not all musicians will have a microphone on stage, but, you know, if, if you mm. do, especially, you know, it's like you have a microphone and none of the audience have a microphone, you know, and <laughs> you can say, you know, whatever you want to say. And some people won't want to talk about their own experiences and that's fine, but a lot of people do. And that's really important for other people in the audience to feel seen and heard. Um, if, if, you know, the people that are, that are on stage are reflecting their own experiences back to them. So I think I think there's definitely a lot of power that can be reclaimed, um, mm. you know, in the in the sort of the most basic sense of of being on stage, you know, having having a voice or at least a, 
a metaphorical musical voice, even if you're not, um, you know, even if you're not a vocalist, the, yeah, you know, you can play and yeah, whatever instrument it is and you can stand there and bask in the, you know, sweltering heat from the, (laughs) (laughs) from the stage lights often. Um, And yeah. And, you know, hopefully have a great time. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's a great experience in and of itself. Um, but I think also like a really big important part of that is, is the community that can be built around that. Um, that if you find like-minded people who are, um, you know, also in, in the, the same music scene that you're in, and that could be other musicians, but also could be promoters. It could be, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sort of exist in the, the DIY sort of punk community. So there's a lot of people who make zines. Um, yeah. A lot of people who make their own, um, you know, patches and badges and things like that. And, you know, all these different people, photographers, producers, you know, there's all these people who are involved in music um, that that aren't musicians that are also potential people to, um, you know, just to to be friends with or people who are going to have your back at some point. I actually, I was emailing someone yesterday um, who works at a music magazine about um, promoting these, these workshops that I've been doing. And she emailed me back yesterday and was like, this is amazing. And we really want to support this kind of thing that you're doing. And it's like, I, I don't know this person. And I don't know if this person is a musician or not. Um, they could be or not. But um, yeah, they, their job is to, is to work with a magazine, you know. And yeah, and she was just like, this is, you know, great. And we definitely want to try and support this. Um, so... Yeah, there's people everywhere in all, you know, and even, you know, higher up in the industry. I know um, with Girls Rock London, we have some fairly big uh, sponsors. So we have these, you know, big uh, music uh, companies like Marshall and uh, Focusrite and Roland who who lend us gear for the camps. Um, But yeah, there's, you know, there's relationship building going on. And I've had some conversations with Marshall myself about you know, how to build on that relationship. And there are people in these organizations who are really supportive of, um, yeah, women and queer people, uh, people of color, you know, people with disabilities, like all these people who don't have as much access to music as, you know, the often men that we see, um, Mm -hmm. you know, who are the festival headliners and, um, you know, tour headliners and, and all the rest of it. So, you know, there are there are people there. So I think, um, yeah, kind of being, um, you know, being okay with who you are in yourself and really, like, sticking with that um, is, yeah, can be really important. And it can definitely help you find the other people who either experience those similar things or want to support you. Um, it can make you, it can help you find those people quicker so i think there's a lot of power in terms of the community building that's a really wonderful answer kind of like having a platform and being a platform yeah i started playing drums when i was about 10 um and yeah a bit of guitar a few years later than that and uh, yeah, and then I went to uni um, in London to study popular music as a performance course. 
and I did four years of that. And then when I finished that, I, yeah, kind of went into, you know, being a, a professional musician. Um, mm. Yeah, I think I initially, obviously, I, I kind of had this dream of being, you know, either a session musician or in a band, you yeah. know, that was successful enough to just, you know, make enough money to live off just doing <laughs> that. Um, but but even by by the end of the course, I think I've I felt so kind of um, disheartened by just I think just that that felt like that was the only path that was presented to me that I I had to be this like top session player in order to be a professional musician, um, and I think by that point I realized that I was um, you know just a little bit too much on the the introverted side to be good at networking um or to be to be good at this sort of constant relentless networking that you're kind of expected to do um as a as a professional musician and yeah and so it's just kind of like i don't know if i have it in me to do that you know i i really like playing music and i like it when i'm around nice people but you know, I will have to spend so much time playing music and so much time rehearsing and so much time around people that maybe I don't like that much just yeah. to, you know, and maybe that's normal for, you know, anybody who has a job is probably going to have colleagues that they don't get on with that well. But I was like, you know, I, I'm not into the schmoozing thing. Um, you know, it would be nice to to have, you know, to do a bit of that, but that's definitely not like my my number one goal at this point and i i had already started teaching uh drums while i was still at college so i instead of getting a you know job as a you know washing dishes in a restaurant when i was 16 i actually started teaching drums to students in my other students in my school who were younger than me um and i had the support of a music school that was based in a town really close to me um who i got guitar lessons with and they were great and they were really supportive of me trying to you know teaching and sort of being there you know sort of official non you know half official half not uh, <laughs> drum tutor um even though i was like 16 um so yeah so that was like an introduction a really really positive introduction to teaching and i had a really really good time teaching these um yeah these teenagers that were just you know a few years below me at school um and so i always knew that that was something that i wanted to do regardless of how much like professional performance work i was going to end up doing um so when i finished uni i got back into to teaching and basically that's that's been my main source of income um since which is is absolutely fine (laughs) um and i you know i i like um you know i i like all my students and um yeah, obviously now because of lockdown, that's it's a bit more complicated. Um, and also I, I moved away from London uh, in September last year. So obviously I, I lost okay. a lot of students from that. Um, but yeah, now obviously I've been forced to do everything online. Otherwise there's no hope of, you know, anything. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. so I, I, have, I have my, you know, online students. Um, yes. And... Yeah, and then also these workshops that I've been doing, which um, are sort of in a similar vein to Girls Rock London and uh, First Timers Fest, which is another project that I've run. Um, so it's it's workshops in guitar, bass, and drums specifically for um, women and LGBT plus people. Um, 
So, yeah, and that, you know, mm -hmm. I think just being part of this sort of very um, feminist, queer, DIY punk community, which is where the, the bands that I've played with have, have mostly been for the last few years, um, it's it's basically means that all the people that want to come take lessons with me are those people anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but I think I think being um, visible as a queer teacher um, of of music is a really important thing because I've had so many students who've said, you know, I always wanted to play drums or I always wanted to play bass, and you know, I tried and my my parents said that I wasn't allowed or you know that my you know, boys at school made fun of me for wanting to learn, a, you know, mm. drums because it's a boys instrument or, you know, whatever it was. So they were, you know, discouraged from that or they had a really bad time being forced to learn piano when they were five and they haven't yeah. played music since. That's it's a it's a, uh, a scarily common uh, experience. <laughs> and they're like, I always wanted to do this, but I never felt like I could. But yeah. I feel like I can with you and you know that kind of That's knowing amazing. that you're that you know kind of you you're making it feel that welcoming and sort of um possible for people is i guess that's 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 what's keeping me going with this for sure like that's that's the reason why i'm doing it because even if these people you know don't become professional musicians or don't even carry on playing music after they stop having lessons with me like that's that's up to them and that's that's also fine but as if they can go away feeling like that they know they can learn something new and they know that you know they could have that confidence in themselves and if they want to do something they can because there are people who will support them in that even if they've had bad experiences in the past um that's you know that's that's what i'm trying to that's the point i'm trying to get people to but you know what on on a real note listening to you speak um about your um the educational side of music it's so it's it's so lovely because I can tell how um, how you you really like feel something for it. I think the problem with music as a portfolio career is a lot a lot of people use teaching to fall back on, and I can tell that you really think about it and use it as a part of your own craft. We have kind of flitted around the the punk scene and a little bit and um, Color Me Wednesday and you're touring and I really want to hear a little bit more about that and also the name Color Me Wednesday. How did you get the name? <laughs> um, we, I mean, it's obviously because it's an interesting name. We we get asked that question um, quite a lot. There have been various different, uh, you know. Uh, extravagant stories about how we came up with the name that we've told people um, but it is it is it is actually um, the truth is it's actually as uh, mundane as wor words that were picked out of a hat <laughs> really that's amazing <laughs> yeah um, yeah so I, I wasn't in the band when it uh, when it first started so I, I wasn't a part of that process um, but the the singer and the lead guitarist are sisters, so they've been making music together for, you know, their whole lives, basically. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the band started about 2010, maybe, um, as these two sisters and a couple of other people. And, you know, lineup has changed um, a little bit over the years. Uh, but the lineup that we currently have, has we've had for about five years now. And we released 
um an ep and the last album was with this lineup mm. how many bands are you in um, <laughs> by the way <laughs> part, portfolio career yeah yeah exactly i think i've 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 always played with lots of people um simultaneously like when i was at school i i played with lots of people so it's something i've always been really used to i really like playing different styles i've never felt like you know this one style is is my style and that's that's what i'm committed to um i've always felt like my my playing has always benefited from playing lots of different things um mm. so yeah color me wednesday is probably the band that i've done the most with um overall like yeah like i said you know we released an album a couple of years ago now and that year 2018 we did you know we toured the album so we played a few festivals and um yeah we did a, a headline tour in the uk and we did this um japanese tour as well which was yeah i mean it, it was it was incredible it was very mixed i don't like sugarcoating things um yeah. too much like yeah. it was hard um in many ways as well like yeah obviously just being with the same group of people for extended periods of time always you know comes with its own issues yeah um but yeah like you know it was obviously it's incredible to be able to go to somewhere so far away and play shows and for people to be singing along in the audience <laughs> And, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm in Japan. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, people yeah. know the words. What That's is going amazing. on? <laughs> so I no, guess the, the first time that you have it, you know, those kind of experiences where you go somewhere outside of your, um, you know, your your hometown or, you know, your home country or whatever. And, and people know the words. <laughs> then, uh, yeah, it's it's always really great. So, yeah, I guess Call Me Wednesday has been the one that I've done the most with. Uh, yeah, I've been playing with Binary for about a year um i think about a year we've recorded an ep um which will hopefully be coming out um over the summer hopefully um and yeah there's a few of the bands that i've sort of played with as a sort of permanent member i guess and i've done a little mm. bit of session work as well um so there was actually there's an artist that i played with a few years ago in brighton called neil singh uh, released his first single from his album that I played on. I didn't play on that particular track, but I played bass on a few live shows with him, and I played bass on some of the recordings. So, um, yeah, shout out to Neil. Congrats on your first <laughs> release. Um, yeah, so different bits of session stuff that have sort of, you know, come and go, and occasionally you'll get, you know, called back to play with someone again, and sometimes you won't, and, you know, so the, there's never a kind of fixed number of, of how many people I play with <laughs> at any one time. Obviously now yeah. it's it's no one <laughs> because of lockdown. I'm impressed. But, uh, I'm so impressed that you keep on top of it. Or I like forget. I forget what I'm doing <laughs> after I write down my to do list. So impressive that you can remember so many different like styles. I, I was going to ask as well. Um, obviously you you play in all these different styles and genres. Do you also write in them? Um, do you? Because you said for Color Me Wednesday, you joined that that band so do you are you part of the writing process and if so how does that work yeah i think now on the, on the last album we got to a point of being um a little bit more collaborative which was nice because it, it was before um i th b the previous drummer uh also wrote a lot of their their older stuff but then it became kind of the two sisters who were the the songwriting um team of the band uh, with the 
with the the second album that we released a couple of years ago um it, i guess i i felt like i could express myself much more on drums that i you know and i there's also a few songs that started with drum parts that i recorded and sent to the guitarist and then she wrote parts over that um so that it started to become a little b- bit more collaborative which was great mm. but i think particularly for me because i've mostly played as a drummer and largely um you know in a sort of session player kind of capacity uh i haven't been let in on a lot of the the songwriting processes uh i have written some of my own stuff some of which is online um so i can i can send you the links to that maybe afterwards um um, yeah i guess in terms of my (laughs) in terms of my own uh music i mean the the last thing that i was involved with writing um that i released was with a band that actually was a first timers band we played at um first timers festival in 2017 um so the other two members of the band hadn't played um or one of them hadn't played any music at all and they were the bass player and the other one hadn't played drums before had played bass in a band before but hadn't played drums ever before so um yeah and we we recorded an ep way too long ago and then just sat on it for like 18 months (laughs) Um, but we we finally put that on Bandcamp um for i think one of these days that Bandcamp did where they were um foregoing their share um Mm -hmm. so yeah so we decided just to just to put it out and stop waiting for um yes there's some indie labels and friends who ran labels that we we were kind of waiting to get back to us about stuff and it never really happened we were like okay let's just do it um so yeah which is more kind of synth punky so this is kind of like this is my jam in terms of writing my own <laughs> right. music. Um, right. so yeah so having this uh yeah very like electronic synthy kind of vibes which is kind of appeals to my you know uh love of pop music um but also it's like very angry it's very shouty yeah. um, and it's very lo-fi so oh, cool. um yeah i guess you know having that kind of um punky you know heavier um kind of element to it as well um so yeah that band was called andromache um unfortunately no longer going i moved away from brighton um a couple of years ago so we couldn't do anything else but yeah we recorded that ep and we're really glad that we managed to capture those songs in that moment um and actually my uh my final production project from uni is online (laughs) um which yeah which is also which is also a a synth punk ep so that was that was the first time in about five years i had really spent time writing and playing an instrument other than drums you know i was i was playing a lot of guitar recorded some synth parts in um programmed drums for actually i didn't play any live drums on that um and yeah i got to collaborate with some great people i um i managed to get uh ren who's the singer from petrol girls to uh do some vocals on on the ep which was great um it's a really fun collaboration to do um so yeah it's much more kind of yeah synth punk electro clash kind of vibes so i think that's that's kind of where my heart lies in terms of my own music which is it's just me So I saw that you're doing like lockdown um, 
online lessons. One, how does that work? Like online, I'm like, that's amazing. And then two, what is kind of your your advice that you give to like your students? What's like the one the one thing that you try and help them take away, I suppose? Yeah. So yeah, in terms of how it works, I mean, we I'm doing it all on Zoom, um, as you know, seems to be where most people are <laughs> doing their life and socializing and work now. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. So have actually, to have like the instrument. Yeah. So. Um, one of my students is is a drum student, so and she has an electric kit at home. Um, oh, so that's, cool. That's fine. Um, but yeah, most of the other students actually are guitar or bass students, and obviously it's much easier to to have one of those um, yeah. <laughs> in your house um, than it is a full drum kit or even an electronic drum kit, which can be quite expensive a lot of the time. So yeah, so everybody has their own instrument, um, which is just something that they had. A couple of people, I think found out about the lessons and maybe like ordered their instrument yeah. like beg borrow um, install basically yeah yeah, yeah basically <laughs> um and it's, yeah, it's much easier to to casually borrow a bass than it is to borrow a drum kit um, <laughs> yeah especially when That's everybody so cool. is at home so you can't even play when your neighbors are out <laughs> yeah yeah um, you exactly. know if you're playing drums so that was uh yeah, but so I only have one student at the moment who's a drummer. Um, but yeah, it's totally possible. Um, I, I did a, uh, a live stream actually the other day, which was um, I was teaching drums, bass and guitar to Rebel Girl by Bikini Kill. Um, you can watch it on uh, Nikki Mirage Instagram. Um, not Minaj, Mirage. <laughs> um, yeah, who, who runs, uh, yeah, who runs Kiss and Makeup, which is a feminist music blog. Um, so yeah, so I did that live stream and I, yeah, just basically found stuff around my house that I could use to set up a kind of DIY home drum kit. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. I was wondering yeah. if it was like people had like pots and pans, upturned paint tins. That's very cool. Very DIY. Yeah. So, so not, not any of my students. Um, but yeah, like I basically used like a pile of books for a hi-hat. And then like a chair in front of me for the snare drum and just like stamping the floor for the bass drum, you know. So there's because drumming is is, you know, the core of drumming is about timing and coordination. And you can practice both of those things uh without you know, without even that, you know, you can just do that just with your arms <laughs> and legs, you know. Um so yeah, so that's that's kind of how it's how it's worked. Uh with the workshops, I'm giving them homework each week. So I've had to learn how to make interactive PDFs, you know, one of these other essential musician <laughs> skills yeah. that you never thought you'd have to learn, um, you know, learning some graphic design stuff, you know, putting together these these homework sheets um, to, yeah, to encourage people to, to practice more and also go over some of the technical things that people often don't feel confident asking about um, or music theory things, you know, if you're using a lot of, or they're hearing a lot of jargon in terms of, gear mm. and tech and music theory and so you know spoon feeding little bits of of those you know words and those concepts um and then giving them homework to fill out so they can make sure they remember it for me i think the main thing is if if music is something you want to do you have to keep um enjoying it and i think it's um i think people forget that uh, especially people who aspire to be professional musicians um and anyone who's any kind of perfectionist will will probably forget that 
because they're like, no, I need to be getting better all the time and I need to be practicing all this, you know, technique and, you know, learning all of this theory and, you know, I just need to be doing it all the time because otherwise I'll never get better. And, you know, they're doing that to the point and I've, I've been there. I've sat on the edge of that cliff, you know, um, particularly when I was studying um, music at university was like, if I don't keep enjoying this, I'm never going to want to do this again. You know, it's possible to practice something so much that you're just sick of it. So I think if, if music is something that you want to do and you get a lot of joy from that, like don't let go of the joy of doing it. And if that means um, not practicing technique for a while and only, you know, singing some really easy songs that you just really love or, you know, playing guitar to your favorite song, even if, you know, you're not necessarily working on specific skills that are make you going to make you better. I think, you know, it keeping it fun uh, and enjoyable is is really, really important. I think one of my, my tutors at uni, um, uh, it was Gareth Dillon Smith, actually, who oh, I believe yes, you know. I do. Um, yeah, so... Um, yeah, he in one of uh, in one of his lectures, he made the point that we use the verb to play music, um, and even if we're professional musicians, we still play music. We don't work music. Um, so I think kind of keeping mm. that as an idea in the back of your head is, um, yeah, is really really important because I think if it's not something that is bringing you joy, then um, or sparking joy. Um, very Marie Kondo. Yeah, in the words <laughs> of uh, the uh, incredible Marie Kondo. Um, yeah, then it's, uh, yeah, there's, there's sort of very little point to doing it if it's, if it's not enjoyable for you as an individual mm. making it. So for me, that's, that's my number one, absolutely. Like, you know, practice scales, you know, practice, you know, difficult stuff, whatever, you know, if you want to improve what you're doing, like, that's fine. Um, you know, keep doing that, but don't do it to the point that you hate it, <laughs> basically. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a really good piece of advice. I really resonated with what you said about um, earlier on when you were like, it took me a long time to listen to music and, and kind of enjoy it because I studied literature and I think it took me like four years after my degree to like read a book and enjoy it because I was just like so spent, spent <laughs> hours toiling toiling over like the meaning and the words and you can't you can't unsee that stuff or no. you, know, you can't now it's literally it. all i think about <laughs> but it took a really long time thank you so much for your time so much for having me it yeah it's been really nice thank you lots of love thank you so much to jody for coming and speaking to us in lockdown we are going to include all of the links that you might need to find out more about Jodie, including their Instagram and, of course, their amazing Trans Britain playlist. Yeah, that will all be in the show notes, so you can keep that on repeat after you've listened to this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll also include some links about Girls Rock London, um, First Time is First, and everything that was mentioned if you want to find out more. But, yeah, thanks so much to Jodie for coming on to the show. They have been an incredible guest. I've really learned a lot. Yeah, wonderful conversation. Indeed. I mean, yeah, just keep it on repeat. Give us a follow, give us a like, give us a rating. You can, yeah. you know, you can show your mates this new cool thing that you've discovered. <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, wow. You know, this is your chance. This is your opportunity. You chance to be a hipster. Yeah. You can be like, I liked them before they were uh, 
Famous. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, no, keep it on repeat. And don't forget to come back next week for some more amazing guests. Yes, another completely different one, no doubt. We like to keep it fresh. <laughs> keep you on your toes. We hope you've enjoyed the episode and want to keep us on repeat. You can follow, subscribe and like us on your podcast platform of choice and slide into our DMs on Instagram by following us at onrepeatthepodcast. All information will be included in the show notes. On Repeat was made, produced and edited by us and the theme music is an original piece by Ellie's jazz band, Fujiyama and wonderfully resampled by Dee, the producer for the podcast. All of our guests give us permission to use their music. Thanks again for listening and don't forget to keep it on repeat.